Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellen Becker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for business ethics and integrity. The Ellen Becker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sense Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. Today is going to be a great show. We have the uh, benefit of talking with Mike Milstead. He is the managing partner at LAK Group. And uh, I'm not going to steal Mike's thunder. Why don't you go ahead and give us a bio and tell us a little bit about the LAK Group. Well, thank you, Gene, so much. Uh, I appreciate it. So LAK Group was uh, founded about 41 years ago uh, with a couple of my other partners within the firm. And really with the intention of doing purposeful um, transformational career work. And that means looking at cultures, looking at talent strategies, career transformations, and leadership development in many different ways. And uh, our firm is uh, based in Brookfield, Wisconsin, near Bishop's Woods. We can be found at transformingcareers.com. And um, I've been there for about two years now. So, Mike, if anybody wants to get a hold of you, I'm going to give them your number. It's 262-786-9200. I chose to interview Mike because I work with corporations as well as individuals. And um, if you've read any articles in any paper, we're starting to hear unemployment is at historic lows. Now, two, three years ago, um, it was a very different place, and now... Um, If you continue to read about uh, corporations, you know there's been major studies and articles done uh, working with millennials. And so we're going to talk about that much more throughout the show. But um, I thought we'd get to learn a little bit more about the LAK group. And I'm going to broach the subject. Um, If you are a listener right now and you work in a human resource department, um, share with us, Mike, what should the HR department know about working with outplacement firms? So outplacement is one of those things that uh, every company looks for an outplacement organization that matches their own culture, their own values, their own style. And as long as they can find those types of things um, and understand what their purpose in HR or what their purpose in outplacement is, it's really important to be able to find a firm that matches those qualities. So one of the things that we see uh, – organizations using as criteria for that is really looking for an organization that gives the amount of time necessary to work with a career coach, so that one-on-one career coaching. Um, you lo- you're looking for a firm that has an expertise in a specific services, and career coaching is one of those things that you have to focus on. Oftentimes, firms will focus on uh, individuals being able to have a certain amount of time for services, and Every outplacement firm is a little bit different. Ours does not actually have any limits on those types of of services. So regardless of if it's a a week, a month, a year, they get services as long as they're unemployed. I'm going to step back because you talked about identifying and matching up cultures. What if you're a company and you don't know what your culture is? Do you help those corporations identify that? We certainly can. And it depends on what an organization is trying to get out of the definition of their culture. 
how is it that they're looking to work? How are they looking to create retention or attraction strategies? These types of things. You have to be able to look at those types of things in a very deliberate way and understand what you want to be known for in the marketplace. As long as you can understand those types of things, you're able to start defining your culture. But culture is a very interesting thing. It's it's not really something that you can define with a a, a word or something along those lines. It's Culture is one of those things that is more of a feeling within an organization, an advocacy of individuals uh, for their, their company. I always liken it to this, uh, a little story, is it's 12.01 and your employees are getting up to go to lunch. The phone rings. Do they answer the call or not? That's about engagement. That's about culture. If they answer it, it says something very deliberate about their buy-in, their engagement in what they're doing. So when you help those individuals define their culture, what tools or processes do you work through? Because I think it's so important. And I know culture and branding here at Ellen Becker Investment Group is thought about every day. Every time we touch a client, Or, um, you know, I'll share our receptionist, her job title is director of first impressions. And that's exactly what it is. And so we value our culture uh, extremely. So what tools or processes do you go through when you work with a corporation? So if I could look at culture with a word and how we look at it, it's uh, collaboration. Uh, And the reason I say collaboration is you have to understand where an organization is today and what they aspire their culture to be. How is it that they want to be known in the marketplace and what do they do to go after that culture? If you can understand and define that, then you can very easily define where they are today. The work that we do in culture is helping organizations to bridge that gap between their aspirational goals and where they are today. And that culture is probably what helps retain and attract um, employees. But we're going to focus on that aspect a little bit later in the show So initially, I am going to talk about the outplacement um, uh, functions and features that you offer different employers. Um, Because you work so closely with the Human Resource Department, share with us um, what does a a Human Resources Department do well and not so well in working with you in regard to outplacement employees? Well, it's interesting because oftentimes what we find is that Um, organizations looking for outplacement firms will typically base their judgments on one of a couple of different criteria. First, um, they have to know why they're searching out those those services. Are they looking to simply create uh, or check a box to find the the cheapest way to um, provide services to individuals? Or are they really going to base their uh, decision on something other than the procurement department's uh, drive for uh, overall lowest cost of ownership? In other words, are they going to focus those services and look for organizations that really try to match the services being offered with that individual's needs? Are they going to create marketing plans and, and communication plans and strategies to be able to help that person find that that next stage? Finding it, being unemployed is more than just about finding your next job. It's about finding your next career, maybe even your next calling, discovering what your passion is, and then finding the courage to be able to uh, go after that passion and find that next career where you want to go. Typical outplacement that's uh, technology only does not allow for that um, 
human element to human resources. Doesn't give that one-on-one consulting work. That's why the experts that we've had are are they're bought into this. This is what they want to do. Their their drive in life is to do outplacement types of services. That's why we love doing what we do. So before I get into how you interact with those individuals that have been outplaced, um, I have to share with you, my uh, good friend was the HR director at a large firm here in Milwaukee, and he had the unfortunate job of letting individuals know that um, they were no longer needed at a company. And uh, what's interesting is he said many times, not often, but probably once or twice a year, he'll actually receive thank you letters from individuals that have been outplaced saying, I never realized how unhappy I was or how I just did not fit in. And now that I found my calling and my passion, my life is completely different. And I think it's we as humans tend to grab onto what's comfortable and what we know. And sometimes when we're forced to grow, personally and professionally, we find out there's this great passion in our life and um, we're able to move on. Um, We're going to take a little break, but when we come back, we are going to talk about how you work with individuals that have been outplaced, um, and that may involve, you know, the um, written work of working on resumes and cover letters, and we may um, talk about how you touch them on the emotional side. With that, let's take a break. Again, if you'd like to reach out to Mike Milstead, he can be reached at 262 Seven eight six ninety two hundred, and if you are interested in learning a little bit more about Ellen Becker Investment Group and how we touch corporations, please give me a call. Again, this is Jean Range, and I can be reached at two six two six nine one thirty two hundred. With that, let's take a break. Welcome back to Money Sets. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. We are honored to have Mike Milstead with us today. He is the managing partner at the LEK Group. He can be reached at 262-786-9200. And we closed the last segment talking about my friend, who is a director of an HR or human resource department, receiving thank you letters um, from individuals who have been outplaced. And, you know, that says a lot about the culture that was at that corporation and even though that individual was outplaced um, they chose to reach back and say hey thank you and before we jump into some of the services you uh, provide employees and employers through the outplacement I want to circle back and talk about culture and um, you know maybe you have an example of how the LAK group positively impacted the culture at a company yeah, so you know, we get thank you letters all the time from individuals that we're working with um, and from organizations that we're working with. Um, it's an honor and a privilege for us to be able to work with the clients that we do and the uh, the individuals that are um, going through this change in their lives. But one of the things I would say is uh, not only will outplacement services affect the culture of an organization, but the way that it affects uh, organizations is kind of surprising from time to time. 
some of the services that we offer on the client side is really focusing on notification training support. So really helping them to understand how to have this really difficult conversation. Is it an hour? Is it five minutes? What do we talk about? And then making sure once they've done those types of things that we're providing support, not just to the employees that have been notified, but also back to the HR organizations and the companies themselves. The things that people go through in the notification process is an employee releasing someone else is a very dramatic thing. And you need to really keep your arms around keeping your own emotion in check because you don't want that to come off in a trite way or or make statements that just don't make a lot of sense. So a lot of the work we do within cultures is also helping that organization keep focus on what their job is and in a way to go through this process with dignity and thanking the individual for the time and the work that they've done. Well, you know, it's funny you talk about that um, because having worked with so many employers and employees, I'm going to give you two examples of an outsourcing um, message. Um, I have had clients that were informed via email that their position was being eliminated. Um, Very devastating. And they did come back and say, had they spent five minutes with me, um, it would have been um, extremely different. In fact, Um, They were told um, to be at their computer at certain times, whole departments and whole divisions just waiting to get notification. And I actually have a client who I always call it the American Idol way. They took a uh, division and they said, you employees go to room A, this group of employees go to room B. And they walked into room A and said, your positions are safe. Everybody who's in the other room is being told that their positions are eliminated. And they gave them a half hour to gather up their belongings and head out. And that was the culture that these individuals had to get up and go to work in the very next day. Talk about that. Um, boy, I tell you, I hear those stories all the time. I I really do. It says something about a company's culture, doesn't it? Right. Uh, One of those things that companies oftentimes lose focus on is the the number one source of of recruit people that they're going to be recruiting in the future are past employees. Um, The number one during an outplacement scenario like this, the number one cause of engagement within the firm afterwards is how well those employees are treated. Uh, How well are they taken care of? Are they given one-on-one services? Are they provided the kind of feedback and care and feeding that they need to be able to move forward? You know, there's a direct correlation between um, how quickly people get engaged in their services to getting better engagement in their process to getting much better outcomes in the outplacement process and thereby improving the employer brand. Go out to Glassdoor one time. And take a look at uh, at organizations that have l- gone through large-scale down, uh, downsizing. And it's unfortunate to see the responsiveness that some people give. Now, it's never a, a pleasant process to have to go through, but it's inevitable in some organizations. But how those people are treated, the digni- dignity in which those folks are, are shown um, in the outplacement process, there's a direct correlation between that and the ability for them to be able to move forward after the change. So those employees that remain afterwards are directly impacted, not just for days or weeks, but months and years afterwards. We work with very uh, large and very small organizations across the board, and the way that their culture is translated through the outplacement process and how those people are dealt with and, and, and treated through that process, there's direct correlation between that and the engagement and productivity afterwards. 
Well, it's funny. I have a client who's switching jobs right now just out of fear that she'll lose her position um, because of the ripple effect of how they handled outplacement um, with prior coworkers and divisions. Um, yeah, that, that's interesting because one of the things that we've actually seen in those kinds of situations, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but retention strategies for organizations, uh, not just millennials, not just Gen Z, not just X, Gen Y, Gen Boomers, everyone is starting to look at what kind of benefits are offered from organizations before they even start their jobs. As an example, a lot of millennials will look at careers uh, a little bit differently. They may change jobs up to nine times by the time they're 40. Changing careers is a different thing, but changing jobs that many times, they're going to go into a job, into a culture, into an environment wondering, what's the soft landing I'm going to be provided if in a year from now, six months from now, 18 months from now, this doesn't work out? What are they going to do for me to make sure that I'm taken care of? The number one response is always outplacement, be, to be able to help them find the next step. And it's more than just a technological solution. It's a one-on-one -on -one uh, relationship that they're able to create. That's why we do what we do. It's a very high-touch, uh, uh, technology-enabled process, but it's a very high-touch process that, or way that we do things for that reason specifically. We're putting the human back in human resources from that standpoint. That's why we do it. You know, it's funny you say that because if we look back in our own families, my father was a tool and die maker his entire career, worked at the same corporation, was very loyal to that corporation. And you're right. What we're finding is that people have four to nine careers over their life. That mm -hmm. was unheard of. And corporations are changing their benefits. They're making benefits portable just to accommodate all of these changes. And, you know, I'll share with you, anybody who has gone um, through a downsizing or outplacement tends to be more loyal to themselves as opposed to the corporation. And you have to work with the um, individuals and the culture to make certain that the, the negative ripples are minimized um, because it does happen. Uh, economies change, corporations change, and so there's always going to be periods where there's restructuring. Um, but you're right, you want to do it in a sense that people's feelings are validated and they're helped through this transition. They, they have to be enabled to be able to move forward, right, Gene? I, I mean, when you're looking at it from that standpoint, they have to know that they're going to have the tools and their company is going to care enough about them to be able to drive their process forward. I completely agree with you. So you talked a little bit about the different generations. And um, I'm not a millennial. And um, it's funny, you know, at one point I was the youngest person on a team and people reminded me of that. And now I'm reminding other people, you're the youngest person on the team, which is great. But we're finding that um, millennials and other generations think differently than I do um, just because times have changed. Um, do you think companies are changing their culture due to economies or due to millennials and all these other generations and expectations? I'll say yes. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> I, a short answer. <laughs> I, I, th I think it's those reasons and several others at the same time. It, it's from uh, my standpoint, it's it's about 
what is the purpose of an organization? I mean, you look at millennials and what they're looking for, and number one, the, the one group that hates that phrase the most, I think, is the millennials. They're, they're tired of being singled out from that standpoint. So if we look at it from a standpoint of just different generations of workers in the, in the workplace, everyone is now starting to look at their own careers in a much different way. They're looking for purposeful work. They're looking for to have a difference and make a difference in what they do. Part of what we do on the outplacement side is really to focus on helping those individuals to be able to move forward, find their purpose, find their um, their drive in life, and then find the courage to be able to take that step forward. You know, we talk about unemployment rates and all those things going on, and national rates are at 3.7%. In Wisconsin, it's 3%. Nationally, for women, it's 3.3%. And those numbers are constantly coming down. And what we're finding right now is that while employers look at um, outplacement as, as one of those things that, do we really need it? You know, they'll, they'll wonder, do we really need those types of things? Because unemployment is so far down. I would say now more than ever, do people need that? Because they have to figure out what their competitive differentiator is. What is their purpose? Why do they want to go somewhere? That's what we do. That's why LAK Group does what we do, because we want to help people find those, those next steps. Perfect segment or perfect time to take a break. Again, if you'd like to reach out to Mike, he can be reached at 262 786-9200. If you're interested in learning how I touch corporations, um, give me a call. This is Jean, and I can be reached at 262-691-3200. With that, let's take a break. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. And today we've got the great opportunity to talk to Mike Milstead, He's part of the LAK group, and he can be reached at 262-786-9200. I chose to bring Mike in to talk about this employee relationship because I have several employee, uh, or I should say employer relationship. I, I work with a couple corporations, and what I do is provide education where I am not selling any products or services. I'm really providing value and credibility to the uh, benefits that they already have in place, which is huge because when you think about it, if you have a HR employee standing in front of their employees, oftentimes they think, yeah, that's what we have. But when somebody from the outside comes in and talks about the benefit and how they can use it and impact their financial well-being, um, it can have a great impact. So if you're um, working at a corporation and you're thinking, you know what, I'd love to have somebody come in and just talk about our benefits in place, talk about um, investment choices in a retirement plan and what does um, an asset allocation look like. Again, I'm using terms you might not be familiar with, but I can go through that, um, whether it be a lunch and learn or a half day or full day segment. And um, with that said, I wanted to bring in somebody who works with individuals that are going through an outplacement process, as well as somebody who works with employers to help retain and attract employees. So um, before we move on to attracting and retaining employees, I want to give Mike um, an opportunity to look at the aspects and how they work with employers um, when going through an outplacement or a reduction, a staff reduction process. Thanks, Gene. Uh, you know, it, it, it depends on the culture of the organization that we're working with, how they want us to be able to work with their 
internal organization and their exiting employees. And usually that starts with how well are, is, a, is an organization going to partner with our company? Oftentimes what we find is that firms have no idea the depth of knowledge or the, the range of services that we have to offer. So notification support up front, uh, even notifier training support we offer for uh, individuals, organizations, or groups, those types of things, to really help them understand and and get what it is that they're about to go through. So that's that's up on the upfront side. You know, when we're looking at working with individuals, there are a, a number of key components that have to be part of any any search. Uh, the first is really focusing on the market campaign management for an individual. You know, really helping them to design and execute an, an individual uh, search action plan. A plan that's focused on figuring out where they are, where they want to go, and a strategic plan that crosses, crosses excuse me, all job market channels and, and organizes their search in a way that they can actually look back at the end of the day of their eight-hour workday and looking for a job, by the way. They need to take it as though it's a real job and really look at the successes they've had. Um, the next piece is focusing on both digital and social networking strategies. You know, the... the rise of technology today of Facebook and LinkedIn and Tumblr and uh, Instagram and on and on and on, uh, people really need to understand what is their digital brand and then figure out how their communication strategy, which is really the next piece, how that communication strategy is articulated across all those different uh, facets. So making sure that you don't have pictures on Facebook uh, posted of you or tagged of you that, that shouldn't be there. Making sure that your brand is focused and delivered in a way that is managed by you. After all, if you don't tell your own story, someone else is going to. And the Internet loves telling stories that aren't exactly what we want them to be. So when, when you're looking at individuals that have recently been released or people that are re-entering the workforce, um, discovering how it is that you want to be known for what you want to be known is really important. Also, being able to focus on your accomplishments and those results is a great uh, determinate, uh, de determining factor, easy for me to say, right? <laughs> a determining factor t that will help someone to really articulate what their value is as they move forward. Uh, other job search necessities like resumes, uh, cover letters, portfolio creation development, those types of things, that's really um, kind of the cost of entry for any outplacement firm to be able to do that. But to do that in a way that's results-focused and accomplishments-focused in a resume is very, very important. You know, you're going to have between 12 and 15 seconds with any recruiter with your resume in front of them. That's all you get. So do you really want them to know how many different technology platforms, if you're not an IT person, do you really want them to know how many technology platforms or how wonderful you think you are because you've used all kind of self-evaluative words to talk about how wonderful of a person you are? Or do you want to just get right to the facts? So we help them create practical resumes that will articulate those types of things. Then from there, it's really all about interview preparation. Um, how do you, and when I say interview preparation, it's not just how do you interview for a job, it's how do you interview a company and their culture. Um, gone are the days where it used to be a, a seller's market. It's a buyer's market, and the buyers are the employees that are out there. Uh, but the biggest single source of employees um, are already employed. So what are they looking for? How do they determine what a culture is of an organization, and how do they create their own list of necessities for what they want to go after, and how do they evaluate that in a way that doesn't feel 
to an organization as though they're giving them the, you know, a Spanish Inquisition, if you will, right? Uh, and how do you discern or take information from a client and really kind of put a picture together of what their culture is? Then from there, it's all about employment, um, contract, compensation, negotiation strategies. But the final step that we walk people through is really um, new role assimilation coaching. So we will help those individuals when they've been outplaced, put the search process together. They get their job. We help them negotiate that contract. And then from there, the next 30, 60, 90 days, they need to make sure that they're assimilating into that new culture. Uh, more times than not, where people are going to fail in their new jobs is anywhere within the first 90 days. So we help those people as much or as little as they need to go through the assimilation coaching process so they can figure out not just where the restrooms are, but how do you deal with corporate politics? How do you identify what those are? And how do you start building your brand within that organization uh, that you've chosen to go through? Because at the end of the day, we all get to choose where we go, right? I choose to work at LAK Group when I was in you know, corporate America working for a Fortune 125 for, for 15 years, I made a very deliberate choice to leave because of my own criteria and what I wanted to do and the impact I wanted to have on uh, on my community. Um, we can talk a little bit later maybe about why I decided to do that, but that's really what I was looking to, to accomplish. Everyone has to find that story for themselves. And once they've figured out what that is, um, figuring out how they can assimilate into that new culture is critical and a, a real big determinant for future success. Well, and it's funny when you think about it, your life morphs into different careers and different employers. And um, I know that firsthand. I, too, I worked for a regional firm, then a global firm, and here I am at a family firm. And it was a very deliberate um, decision to do that. And that's because I one of my passions is working directly with individuals and families and couples and um, so I can relate exactly uh, to what you said, but I can also say when you talk about assimilating the new employer's culture, that is key because when I worked at the corporate side, I would work with um, new employees who would comment, well, that's not how I've done it in the past, or that's not um, how this is usually done. And um, what would go through my mind is really, you you know, you chose this company. So it's funny. I assumed it was a very deliberate choice and change needs to happen. And uh, so we did help those individuals reprocess how we think and how um, we, we did things. So, But so much of that is about purpose and about reasons for making changes. I mean, we, we all look for different reasons and we all have our own criteria. Um, my uh, youngest child is 14 years old, my daughter, and uh, when she was nine, I like to blame the whole reason for me changing my job on her and her uh, maybe inadvertent um, inquisitiveness about asking me why I do what I do. And, you know, I was she, she caught me monologuing once upon a time. You know, as a parent, I sometimes do that. Sorry, kids. Um, but uh, she, she asked me, she asked me a very simple question. She probably doesn't even remember this. It was four years ago now, five years ago now. But she, after I was done doing that, she looked at me and so dead, said, Dad, so tell me about, you know, how do you deal with change every single day? And I'm sitting here talking about, you know, the new uh, best tool for an employee is your ability to learn on the job, your ability to recognize what you want and how do you do those things. She asked me that, and that really kind of set me off on a, on a tangent in my own career. And I was, oh, let's see. I was probably at the time about 12 years into my current job where I was, and I started asking myself, you know, 
is this, you know, I was climbing a ladder for so many years. It's a scary thing, you know, Gene, when you realize one day that your ladder is on the wrong wall. And you're just not able to have that impact in your life with individuals that you want to. I, I'm a, a, a social worker uh, by, by training. I went to UWM here in Milwaukee, and uh, I loved the idea of being in social work. I just realized one day I couldn't afford to save the world, so I had to become a capitalist. And in doing so, you know, in having kids, as many of us do, our kids end up helping us to refine ourselves, and that's what my daughter helped me with. And uh, no offense to my two older boys, but my uh, my daughter's really kind of one of the main reasons why that helped me kind of take that step. Life's a journey. Isn't it, though? I think we're going to take a break here again. Mike can be reached at 262-786-9200. Um, with that, let's take a break, and we'll be back shortly. Welcome back to Money Sense. I'm Jean Range, Senior Wealth Advisor at Ellen Becker Investment Group. I encourage all of our listeners today to visit ellenbecker.com to learn more about me as well as the firm and some educational events that we're going to be hosting in the very near future. Um, my guest today is Mike Milstead, and he's part of the LAK Group. And I chose to bring somebody in to talk about uh, corporate benefits, corporate culture, and how we work uh, with corporations only because um, I touch corporations on an educational level as well. And uh, when we started today's show, we talked about the low unemployment rate. And uh, I'm going to ask for Mike's input on corporations and why are corporations struggling with retention of employees? Uh, I would tell you there's a number of reasons. Some of the main ones that I'm seeing in the marketplace right now is really do organizations understand uh, the complexity of acquiring talent and managing that talent uh, after they've started? So it's it's a combination of two things. It's how do they identify the right talent, the best talent to come into an organization? In other words, what is your... Uh, success profile for a role, for an organization, for a, an entity? And then how do you measure success of an individual coming into that role? We do a lot of work in the uh, um, from a, a talent strategy sa- standpoint on the assessment side. So we've got IO psychologists that work to identify not just success profiles for uh, for roles in companies, but also for individuals, and then look at the behavioral anchors that go back to those core competencies and start looking at those as uh, potential uh, indicators of success. And what we do from that standpoint is really help organizations to focus on what they need, define what they need, and then if you find great employees to go in, um, you're typically going to have much higher uh, retention of those individuals. Another key factor from that standpoint is also focusing on the benefits for those individuals and listening to your employees. Uh, I I heard a story one time about an organization that decided to um, provide uh, educational benefits for their employees, Uh, and they decided to go from $4,000 a year for tuition reimbursement to $8,000 a year for tuition reimbursement. But the CEO I was talking to at the time noted very specifically, he said, I have no idea why no one's taking any of the the employee um, education um, uh, benefits. We're giving $8,000 for people to be able to find their next, or to to 
be able to re-educate themselves looking for the next career. He goes, I just, I don't understand why people aren't taking that. And I simply asked the question, which kind of helped him understand where some of the issues might be, but it was, so how much time have you given your employees as a result to be able to reinvent themselves and go after their education? And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, $4,000 to $8,000 is a, it's a very wonderful thing to do for your employees but if you're not providing them the time to educate themselves without feeling as though they're leaving their other job behind the benefit is really immaterial you have to listen to your employees and figure out what it is that he's able that they're able to do as a result they took a step back and said not only will they give eight thousand dollars but they're going to also give six months at a crack for people to take sabbaticals to be able to upgrade their own uh, education. Therefore, they weren't able. To, they w- didn't have to worry about their daily job. They could focus on their education, turn around, and come back, and now reapply that learning to where they were. So, when you were sharing that, I have to tell you, here at Ellen Becker Investment Group, when we hire somebody, we go through a whole personality test and quiz, um, and it's a, a process. I shouldn't have even used the word quiz because it's a conversation. And that's because when you create this team, it's really a marriage at workplace. And when you think about it, I'm with my uh, coworkers and colleagues more time than I am with my spouse. And so that is critical when you're identifying who you're going to bring in and looking at their talents um, and what they can offer, not only the company, um, a team. And I'm so glad that you brought up the word sabbatical. So... Um, you're right. There are uh, benefits that are in place and people are just not taking advantage of them. And so here they've created this culture. They just haven't educated their employees how to get this to work, which again, is it sounds like it's a role I do as well as you do when you talk about providing value and credibility to benefits that are already in place. So it doesn't cost them anything, um, just the time um, to educate an employee. Um, And when you think about that, once they know that they have this great benefit, imagine the well-being they feel walking into that company knowing that the company has my back and um, they're going to support me through this transition as I change careers, not for me, not only for me personally, but for a corporation because companies change. Mm Mm-hmm. In this particular uh, situation, they went from 43% uh, turnover on an annual uh, basis to just under 20% uh, turnover, which is about the sweet number of sweet spot of a number of where they want to be. They didn't want to go so low that they wouldn't have new creative thought being generated within their organization. But when they made this change, what they found is the real statistic was their engagement. Their engagement went up almost 12.5 points just as, re- as a result uh, of providing employees the opportunity and the time to be able to do these types of things. So I agree. You know, it's funny. My husband and I were talking this weekend, and we were both talking about our careers and jobs. And um, he made the phrase that I live for my job, and I do, and it's because I enjoy what I do and the culture that's here. Mm -hmm. And um, so that was interesting. It really had me reflect back on where I work, who's on my team, and um, how I touch my uh, clients. Um, we've talked a little bit about culture and um, changing culture based on today's uh, needs. Um, and I'm going to throw out the question there. Do you think employers risk too much by changing culture too quickly? Um, I, I would tell you uh, they risk more by not being able to define what their culture is. 
um, versus changing their culture. I think oftentimes, far too often, you, you ask an organization to define their culture and they'll look at you with a blank stare. They just they have no idea of how to define their culture. What does culture mean? How do they live that every single day? And what we do is to help them to not just identify what their culture is, but also figure out how to improve their effectiveness at what they do and how to manage change. And we don't talk about, a lot of organizations will talk about change management, but change management sounds so much like um, it's something that's being done to someone. We talk about resiliency. And the reason that you want to talk about resiliency is it's not just creating uh, an ability to be able to withstand an event. It's how do you change, create resiliency within your organization? Because the one thing that's common today in today's economy is, is changes everywhere, and it's happening every moment of every day. And if you can become more resilient to that change in your life, what you're going to find is uh, much more happiness, much more ability to define your own space and where you're going. So that's really what we try to focus on. So when you try and identify a culture, I'm sure it's through that process or through that Mm -hmm. journey that you really start to learn which employees are at risk and what you need to change. So um, I know we have a couple minutes left here. Um, Give us the skinny on that. Yeah, so the skinny on that is there's no secret sauce. Um, (laughs) Quite frankly, uh, we've been looking for it for a while. We just can't find it. But being able to, for an organization to look at their culture, to to look at their talent in a way that identifies where their gaps are in talent, not just from a skill standpoint, but from a personality standpoint, a behavioral standpoint. What are the behaviors they need to bring into their organization? organization looking for people that don't just fit that same mold of that same person coming into that organization. But how do you create diversity of thought, diversity of communication, diversity in many different ways? How do you create that? I think that that is one of the biggest ways for organizations to focus on retention is by creating a more diverse workforce, a more diverse mindset around what they do. Uh, being able to help people proactively manage their careers. That's a huge thing from a, from a retention standpoint. Having those difficult discussions with people about, is this really what you want to be doing? Is there something else that you want to be focused on? And then helping those folks create that development plan, be it individual coaching or, or continuing education, these types of things that will help them move forward. And this probably goes on well uh, well beyond the annual review meeting. Oh, yeah. Um, well, those are just about gone, too. You're seeing monthly or sometimes even weekly reviews instead of annuals. And it sounds like we should have another radio show just talking about performance, coaching, and engagement. Um, well, I want to take this opportunity to really thank you for taking time out of your day to join us. Again, if you think you could benefit um, from some of the services that the LAK group um, offers, give Mike Milstead a call. He can be reached at 262-786-9200. If you are sitting there thinking, you know, I'd love to provide some employee education um, based on the benefits you have in place right now, please give me a call. I can be reached at 262-691-3200. With that, as always, remember, we hope we've made a difference in your personal and financial well-being. Before we plan, before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Be well and have a great day.